the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. Job reminds us in the book of Job, naked I came into this world and naked I shall return. And Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 7. And he said, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. So friends, manage what God has given you. Do it in a way that honors him. Leave an inheritance to your kids. Bless the kingdom's work. Be generous as far as it depends on you. And live within your means. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Proverbs. We will not be able to take the riches or things we gained in this world with us when we die. We came into this world with nothing, and we will leave it with nothing. Pastor Gary reminds us of this truth so that we can gain perspective on the relevance of money. Money ought to be nothing more than a tool for us to use as we walk in God's will. This means we must not allow it to become an idol in our lives. If you have set money as your God, you have placed it incorrectly. Readjust its purpose in your life. Place Jesus first. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs chapter 8 with part 2 of his message, Money in Proverbs. money. That is vain imagination. That is folly. It's not true. Your money is an unreliable source of trust. Put your trust in God. We should never trust in any material thing. We should only put our ultimate trust in the Lord. And Jesus even reminded us in Luke 12, 15, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So money should be treated as a resource but not the source. Number three, the key to making money is to work hard. Now, some of you might hear that principle and think, well, that's kind of a no-brainer, but you'd be surprised how many people don't have a strong work ethic and then they wonder why they can't pay their bills. And the book of Proverbs gives this counsel over and over and over again. It is the most emphasized theme on the topic of money throughout the book of Proverbs. And that is this problem of laziness and having the lack of a strong work ethic. Fourteen times through the book of Proverbs, it uses the term sluggard. Now, a sluggard is someone who is lazy and unmotivated, doesn't have a good work ethic, sleeps a lot and drinks a lot. That's the concept of a sluggard. And 14 times that word is used to 
challenge those who have a poor work ethic and instead to challenge us to have a strong work ethic. Now, there are so many verses on this topic that rather than put up a couple of you, a couple of the verses, I've just listed here several, and I'm going to read them rather than you trying to turn to all these verses. But just listen to this counsel from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 24, 30 to 34 says this. I went past the field of the sluggard, past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and I learned a lesson from what I saw. Okay, now pause for a moment. So Solomon is saying, you know, I, I walked by this guy's house and it was all overgrown. Just, it was all run down and I, and I wondered what's going on there. And he says, verse 33, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. Proverbs 10 verse 4. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 14 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs 12 11, He who works his land will have abundant food, but he who chases fantasies lacks judgment. Proverbs 23, 21, drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Proverbs 20, verse 13, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. In other words, all through the book of Proverbs, it challenges us. If you sleep too much, if you sit around the house too much, if you daydream too much, if you talk too much, if you drink too much, you can forget ever being successful or well off. Because... Money is not to be made overnight. These quick, get-rich-quick schemes are often an attempt to have to avoid working hard. People are drawn to get-rich-quick schemes because they don't know the value of hard work. And they instead want to get rich quickly instead of learning what it means to work hard and to accumulate little by little. That's what Proverbs 13, 11 teaches us. That we gain little by little. We save little by little. The New Living Translation of Proverbs 13:11 speaks specifically against get-rich-quick schemes. They often fail and disappoint us, but people are motivated because they don't want to work. The challenge to us in the book of Proverbs is work hard. As Christians, we should get to the office a little early. We should stay a little late. We shouldn't be punching the clock so carefully that we don't give our all. Because ultimately, friends, listen, we are working as unto the Lord. So we want to honor him. We don't want to just please our boss. That's an earthly figure. But our heavenly father in heaven wants to be honored by a strong work ethic, by doing the extra, by doing even more than what we're required to do because it honors the Lord in having a strong work ethic and we will be rewarded in the process for it. It takes hard work and a strong work ethic to get ahead in this world. Now look, again, these are truisms. There are some situations in life which serve to be exceptions to this. Some of you are without work, no fault of your own. There was downsizing in the company. You got laid off. Some of these things are hard for you in certain situations of your life, even though you've done the best that you can. But this, this idea of money management is all through the book of Proverbs so that if we glean the principles, if we understand the truisms, it goes better for us. And we have to work hard and have a strong work ethic in order to make money properly. Number four, we're warned here, don't let money choose your friends. Don't let money choose your friends. Here's a couple of verses from Proverbs, 19 verse four, 
says that wealth brings many friends, but a poor man's friend deserts him. And Proverbs 14.20 says the poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. I have a personal friend who was the number one draft in the 2012 class for the New York Giants, and he called me a couple of months ago, and he said, everybody wants my money. What am I supposed to do? And I gave him the quote from Proverbs, because you will be amazed when you make a lot of money, how many people will suddenly come out of the woodwork and think that they're your friend. You have a lot of money, people are going to want some of it. You have to be very, very careful, because sometimes people are motivated by what you have, not by who you are. They want to see if they can get some of what you have. That's the basis of the friendship. It's not a genuine friendship. So be very careful. Don't let money choose your friends. Be wise and discerning about your friends. Now, some of you might think, well, I don't really have that problem because I don't have a lot of money. I wasn't the number one drafted guy in the 2012 class of the NFL. Okay, but then put yourselves on the other end. Do you cozy up to people who have money solely on the basis of what they have? Or are you a true friend because of who they are? Don't let money choose your friends. It's amazing how people will come out of the woodwork when you have it, and when you don't, how sometimes they will desert you. Number five, righteousness, integrity, and a good name are better than riches. Righteousness, integrity, and a good name are better than riches. Here are some verses for you out of Proverbs 11, verse 4. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 28, 6, better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. And Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. So there is this emphasis in the Bible on really seeking things that matter most. The things that transcend material possessions like righteousness, integrity, and a good name. If you're going to pursue something, pursue those things primarily. They are more important than riches themselves. Number six on our list, money given is money gained. Proverbs 11, verse 24, it says, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Proverbs 19, 17 says, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he, that is the Lord, will reward him for what he has done. And one more out of Proverbs 22, verse 9, A generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. This is a wonderful thing that God says about our stewardship of money. That when we are generous, he's generous in response. When we are stingy, we actually find that we have less than if we had been generous. It's an amazing principle the way it works. You cannot outgive God. I know a lot of people want to be less generous because they're afraid they're going to run out. But really the fact is that the more generous we are, the more God supplies our need. And the stingier we are, the more we find we lack. So adapt the principle of generosity because it is the character of your Father in heaven. There are a lot of words that you could say singularly that define who God is. Love, just, faithful, sure. But one of the words that we see throughout Scripture related to God is generous. That's the word that summarizes John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God is a generous God, and he wants us as his children to be generous as well. 
And so Proverbs challenges us. Be generous, and God will return generosity. You, you approach life with a clenched fist. The things only belong to you, and you're stingy and greedy. You'll find you'll lack even more than those who are generous. Number seven on the list, don't be a slave to debt. Don't be a slave to debt. Folks, we need to live within our means. Now, it's not wrong to take a loan for a house or a car as long as you can easily service it. It's not wrong to use credit cards as long as you can pay off your credit card bill every month when the statement comes. We have to be wise about these things. We cannot be in debt because then we become a slave to our debt. In Proverbs 22, verse 7 It tells us this, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Okay, so an accumulation of debt then robs us of generosity because we never have anything extra to give away. It robs us of contributing and investing into the kingdom of God because we never have enough. And Solomon, later in his life, will write Ecclesiastes 5.10, and he warns us about this. He says, whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. We have to learn to be good managers. We have to have a budget in our family. We have to live within our means. Most Americans live at 105% of their income, which is the reason why most Americans have accumulated a tremendous credit card debt. The average household debt on credit cards in the United States is $17,000. $17,000. Now, don't listen to that number and and comparatively evaluate your own finances and think, well, I'm doing pretty good because I only have 10 grand of debt or I'm doing terrible, you know, because I have $25,000. You know, the object is this. Be able to service loans that you take. Be able to pay credit card debt when you charge things. Live within your means. Live a disciplined life according to a budget. Here's something, I know this sounds a little idealistic, but this is something that if we can try as individuals in our households to live by, it will go better for you than if you don't. And that's this. And I didn't make it up. I've heard this for many years. Try to live off of 70% of your income. The other 30% is at least 10% to God, 10% savings, and 10% as a slush fund to do whatever you want with generosity or additional investment in your own retirement or savings. Try to live off of 70%. Now, I know, look, look, we're living in Loudoun County, the most expensive county in the country. And a lot of households take two wage earners just to keep your head above water. And if you're a single wage earner, sometimes you have to have two jobs to manage to stay here in Loudoun County. But if we really look at, at unnecessary expenditures and liabilities and ways that we are wasteful with our money and things we don't really need, and we have to begin to evaluate what's a need versus a greed. And when we look at our money and look at it the way that God has given it to us so that we can properly manage it, we might have to say no to more things than we say no to now. We might have to, you know, the, the, the whole delayed gratification thing is something that escapes this generation. Our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation understood delayed gratification better than we do now. We live in an instant world. We want things now. We want things now. We want things profitable now. We want to buy it now. We don't learn as much as we should to save until we can afford it, to avoid getting into extreme debt. But this is important for us, and that if it's possible to live off of and manage our money in such a way that we can live off of 70 and have the other 30% to be 10 for God, 10 Uh, for savings and 10 for discretionary funds, 
then it will go better for us than if we're living well beyond our means, having the burden and the, the, the slavery to debt. Listen, money makes a wonderful servant, but it is a terrible master. We need to be free from the slavery of debt. And if you are, are deep in debt, then please consider working out a plan to slowly pay that off so that as soon as possible you can be free from the burden of debt. Number eight, Proverbs teaches us to manage money to leave a legacy. Manage money in such a way that we leave a legacy. Proverbs 13, 22 says this, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Okay, now I'm gonna talk about the last part of that verse before I talk about the first part. Years ago, when we first bought our first church building over on Miller Drive, we had to go through quite a bit to purchase it. Um, It was about ready to go into foreclosure. The economy was at a bad point, and so we contacted the owner of that building through our real estate agent and asked if we could purchase the building before it went into foreclosure. You know what he said to us? He said, I would rather go bankrupt than ever sell to a church. That's what he said to us. So I don't know what his issue was against God, against churches, against Christianity, but he made it clear. Not selling, I would rather go bankrupt than ever sell to a church. So he was a prophet and he didn't know it. And he went bankrupt. And then we bought that building for a song on the courthouse steps. So I always think about this verse when I think, you know, and I don't, I don't know where he was with the Lord, but just by the way that he said what he said, it's pretty clear that the sinner's wealth was stored up for the righteous. So we praise God for that. But the first part of this verse is important as well. Because a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but his sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. If we manage what God has given us properly, we should leave an inheritance to our children and our children's children, to our grandchildren. Now, I know, I know, look, look, if you have this bumper sticker in your car, rip it off. But I know, have you seen this bumper sticker that says, we are spending our children's inheritance? I bet you drive a Buick. (laughs) Take it off your car. That's not a biblical thing. I mean, look, I look forward to the autumn season of life with Terry and, you know, and, and, you know, we're going to have a new adventure when we get to that point. I get that part, you know, grandma and grandpa with the RV and they got the bumper sticker on the back or their Buick that says, you know, we're spending our children's inheritance, but it's an unbiblical premise. God tells us that we should manage the money that he gives us in such a way that we're actually leaving an inheritance to our children, leaving an inheritance to our grandchildren. Because in that way, you're honoring God and you're showing that through good stewardship, you actually have excess left over to impart to the next generation. So get the bumper stick. Now people are going to be out in the parking lot going, (laughs) take that one off and also the fish with the legs, the Darwin fish thing. And the coexist one, too. I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. I'm digressing. Let me get back to the topic. Number nine. Number nine. Don't encourage me. Number nine. Avoid the traps of what I call money misery. Avoid the traps of money misery. Tiger Woods once said this, quote, Money and fame made me believe I was entitled. I was wrong and foolish. There are various things that happen in our lives in regards to having too much money or wanting to have money in, a, in an unhealthy way. You know what happens when we, when we feel like that, you know, we got to protect everything? We become stingy. 
Proverbs 28, 22, a stingy man is eager to get rich and is unaware that poverty awaits him. The problem of greediness in Proverbs 15, 27, a greedy man brings trouble to his family, but he, he who hates bribes will live. And then the whole idea of self-reliance and covetousness and entitlement and stealing happens when we live in either extreme. And so Proverbs 30, 8 to 9 addresses this, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Now, Proverbs 30 was written not by Solomon. It was written by Agur. And Agur was basically saying this. I don't want to live too wealthy because if I'm too wealthy, I'm apt to be self-reliant and feel entitled. and I'm going to forget God. Because I'm going to be all fat and happy and I'm going to be really cozy in life and I'm going to forget God. So if you're wealthy, listen, never allow your, your wealth to rob you of that personal relationship with God. You didn't get there on your own. You didn't accumulate it by your own cleverness or your own skills. It was God who has given it to you. Be a good steward of it. Bless the kingdom, but never become self-reliant. Always remember your dependence upon God. But Augur says, on the other hand, I don't want poverty because if I'm impoverished, then I'm going to covet what everybody else has. I'm going to envy what everybody else has, and I'm going to downright steal what they have because I want it. So he says, give me my daily bread. I want to find the sweet spot between riches and poverty so that I don't forget God and become self-reliant and so that I don't steal and dishonor his name. Then the last thing, the last point for today, number 10, remember that wealth is not forever. Wealth is not forever. Proverbs 23 verse 5 says, cast but a glance at riches and they are gone for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. And Proverbs 27, 24 says, Riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. Another way of saying this, friends, is you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. Now, there was a lady who tried. She made the news in 1977. Her name was Sandra West. Sandra West was a Beverly Hills socialite, and she was also married to a wealthy Texan oil tycoon. And her wishes when she died in 1977 was to be buried in her 1964 powder blue Ferrari 250 GT. So that's, what I, that's the way I want to go. I want you to bury me in my Italian sports car behind the wheel. They honored her wishes. You can Google it. You can check out the story. It's an amazing thing. So she was buried, encased in her 1964 powder blue Ferrari 250 GT, encased in a cement block with her behind the wheel. And then they lowered the whole cement block into the ground. That's how she's buried. As if she's going to be in heaven. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. I remember reading a story two years ago about how Jim Carrey, when he became a famous actor that he wrote a $10 million check and put it in his father's casket when his father was buried. The check isn't going to be good because you can't take it with you. Job reminds us in the book of Job, naked I came into this world and naked I shall return. And Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 7, and he said, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. So friends, manage what God has given you. Do it in a way that honors him. Leave an inheritance to your kids. 
Bless the kingdom's work. Be generous as far as it depends on you. And live within your means. May God help us to have the wisdom to manage what he has given us. Amen. The wisdom of the Proverbs transcend time and culture. We're so glad you chose to study them with us today on Cornerstone Connection. Be sure to tune in next time as Pastor Gary Hamrick relays additional verses that practically apply to each of our lives. Cornerstone Connection has an archive of past messages available to you on our website. If you'd like to hear other teachings right now, just visit cornerstoneconnection.cc and click on Teaching Library under the Teachings tab. Are you listening right now in the Leesburg, Virginia area? If so, we want to meet you in person. Our listeners are always welcome to come be a part of our weekly worship services at Cornerstone Chapel, where these teachings originate from. Join us on Sundays at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. Or stop by Wednesday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. We're excited to have you worship and fellowship with us. You'll get all the details you need at cornerstoneconnection.cc or give us a call. You can reach Cornerstone Connection at 703-771-1500. Please let us know as well how we can be praying for you. That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in today to Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not alone Real love is calling Listen, truth opens up your eyes Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.